1: What if I could pay people a U.S. wage in a poor country? That shit's never been done before, you know? So that's, that's what gives me that tickle right now. All
2: right, everybody, welcome back to the TNQ Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Luttrell.
1: What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to
2: another episode of the Team Never Quit podcast. As always, thank you guys for listening and watching, and please go hit that like and subscribe button wherever you get your show. So today, before we get to our very special guest, let's kick it off with our Patreon question of the day, which is, what is a fact about you that is not on the internet?
1: Huh. Is that for me? Or is that for you guys? All of us.
2: All all of us. I have have to go first.
3: I have one about Marcus. There's oh here we go. Wait, wait, wait,
2: wait. That's (laughs) that's like a reverse pullout right there. Go ahead.
3: Mine, uh mine for you would be drama club.
2: Yeah, make sure no one tells anybody that though. Yeah.
3: (laughs) He was in drama in college and did really well, but a lot of people would never think that because he's this tough you know totally alpha navy seal and he was in drama in college so that that's one of my favorite things about you that no one knows
2: i listen to classical music and i like the arts <laughs> that's that's not that, now it's on the internet thank you <laughs> all right bro you got one
1: yeah um man let me let me think here uh probably i when i when i grew up i i played ice hockey pond hockey in northern alberta and and, uh, that's all I did, man. Like I just had get home from school and play hockey until my parents would scream at me, get the hell in the house. And, you know, that was it. That's all I did. I was, I was a hockey nerd.
3: Well, that's awesome. So speaking of that, do you want to just go straight into his story? You come from Canada, right? Can you just start back? We're real comfortable. Yeah. Where'd you come style. from, man? Yeah. Just tell us where you came from and a little bit about your back. yeah.
1: Yes, yeah, so I was born in a, a Bodunk town called Heis, uh in northern Alberta, and it's just a bunch of welders and people working in the gas fields. And uh, when I was in my first year of high school, we moved down to the states. My family had some some friends from college that invited them to work at a security company in Utah at the point of the mountain, where it's now basically the silicone slope of Utah. And uh, ever since then, I've been there. Um, I, I grew up LDS, so I, I did a, a Mormon mission in Brazil, and that's kind of what what got me hooked onto onto traveling in the Latin culture, you know. Um, and you know, when when I got back, I started throwing events and parties, and and that took a total shift in my life. So my my whole 20s, since I hit like maybe a year after I got back, maybe a year and a half, two years after my mission. I, uh, I just got heavy into drinking and partying. and you know, How old were you like, not
2: when that started?
1: Uh, probably about 23 years old.
2: Yeah. So did you grow up? Uh-huh. You got brothers, siblings? you have any siblings?
1: Yeah, yeah. I got uh, four brothers and two sisters.
2: What, what do they do?
1: Uh, they, are my, they are welders. My oldest brother, he works on computers. Uh, my two little sisters work for the foundation now my mom and dad both work with the foundation now and um yeah they kind of you know i only ask they're a yeah. history
2: because what you're doing now is not what you started into yeah. and that's 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 kind yeah, of yeah definitely not what life is, is is the guys who get put on one path and it's actually training for the one that you're in now but you don't know that and like when yeah. you, it's, it's like I said, it's the best with guys like us, man. When you look at them, like man, what do you do now? How how in the hell did you even get into that? How'd you get into that? Yeah, um,
1: man, dude, like I I was everything I do, I just go hardcore. You know what I mean? Like so, when I was drinking, I w- I would round up my friends and just round up strangers, and I'd be like, let's see who can go three days without sleep, just railing cocaine and drinking, and and it got to a point where my health. And my, my soul and my mental health was just, it was that rock bottom. I got a DUI, uh, my event business just kind of went to shit. And um, I had, I had a, I had an OD when I was in Park City, Utah. I, I mixed a few drugs that I shouldn't have and drank way too much. And I had this really powerful out of body experience. And it's something like, it's, it's a very, very personal, crazy experience that, it kind of changed me forever. And I, and I went off to like kind of this hippie, you know, everything kind of fell apart. Like a lot of, a lot of my subscribers are messaging me right now. For example, uh, two people that used to work for me uh, there, it was, it was this lesbian couple. Right. And Victoria murdered her girlfriend, Tawny. So I don't know if you guys heard about the story. She stabbed her about 47 times wow. and um, she FaceTimed me and she's like, what do I do with the body? Right. And this is all like after my DUI, and then I had to stay in Utah to go to this court case, and,
2: and then it somebody was, got uh, it like a body. body.
3: Yeah, that's crazy.
2: It kind it, it it stacks itself on top of itself, right? Yeah. It's like one, once one thing goes, yeah, down.
3: that's
1: not yeah, just one after the other after the other. And I mean, this story is on basically every show on the ID channel where they'll have actors playing for me. I finally, I, I chatted with the mom of, of the girl who passed. And she's like, hey, you can play your story on there. I would like you to do that. But it's something where I look back now. And, and like you said, it's just like, boom, boom, back to back to back. And, uh, and I'm, so I'm going through like this year period where I'm I'm trying to quit drinking, right? It's a real habit. Like it was just from my culture, you know, just working in music and an events. And so I did this thing where I said, I'm going to become a shitty vegan. You know, it was just like my joke with my friends, right? I took away all of the drugs and alcohol and I had all my liquor bottles. I washed them out and I would do cold press juices. And I did like a 30 to 60 day juice fast and I was vegan for a year. And I have some pictures online where you could see like my 30 days before I like adopted a deer. It was the, it was the wildest stuff I've ever like. I look back now, I'm like, what the hell was I doing? You know, but it totally went sober and, um, and I just started working for a few friends and, and making some pretty good money. A lot of the money was under the table so I could pay off a lot of my debt. And then, and it came one day where I'm, I'm managing a friend's nightclub and I'm totally sober now. And I'm just like, how the hell was I living in this? You know what I mean? Seeing people come in and spending ten, fifteen thousand dollars 15000 on bottle service. And, uh, and, and, you know, I, there was this one, this one night where, um, I'm like, you know, I've been sober for a while and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to take a little hit of weed. And I took a hit of weed and then everyone's like, here, smoke this, smoke this, smoke this. And I got so just blasted out of my mind where I had this like deep, deep panic attack of like, this isn't your life. You know, it was like my body and my soul telling me like, don't get into this. It was a straight up panic attack. And then I just had this overwhelming emotion of, I need to go to South America. I I don't know why, you know, it's just like, I'm going to go to South America. And so I just had this energy. I'm like, guys, I'm moving, I'm moving, I'm going, I'm going to go backpacking for three months. And I, I called my mom up, like, you know, and I'm like, mom, she worked for JetBlue. I need a buddy to pass. It's the furthest place. She's like, oh, I can fly you into Bogota, Colombia. I was like, all right, fly me when? I was like, I want to go tomorrow, you know? So I invite my siblings over. Whatever you want in my apartment, take it. You know, I don't want to have anything. I want to, I'm going to go on this trip. <clears throat> and then, you know, the next day my mom calls me up and she's like, honey, please. Like, I'm really worried. Are you going to commit suicide? These are the signs. <laughs> You know, like, no, right. like, I I want to, I want to go on this trip, you know, and uh, that's, that's kind of how it started, you know, that was in th- the beginning of
3: 2019. Wow. And so you went there, is that when you started doing, like, I, my sister and I looked back at your page, and you would just go to like street food.
2: Yeah, all, all right. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. and you load up. Yeah, you all ass over there, then what I mean, you step off the plane. What's the plan, man?
3: Yeah. Did you have a plan or a place to stay or?
2: You knew where you were going. No. No, I had no idea. Yeah, had that's a bad great. Bad. So what happens when you do that? Yeah. What I mean, what what, what guides you? Uh,
1: you? I mean, I I I'm learning now that whenever you go into something in the unknown, you're literally going into the darkness, and you don't try to say this is how it's going to be. You know, new experiences could come out of that. You know, like, like at least for me, I I find that I really love going into something into the unknown without my brain trying to say, this is how it has to be. So I got there and I had no idea where I was going to stay. I just had my backpack and I, and I remember the taxi driver was like, Hey, what hotel are we going to go to? And I was like, I don't want no damn taxi. I just want to walk. And I had, you know, like big kind of military backpack on. And I I just started walking. And if anyone's ever been to Bogota, it's like, it's pretty far out that, that airport. And, man, I'm just walking. I had my buddy with me for the first two weeks who just wanted to tag along. And he's like, dude, where the hell are we going? And I'm just, like, adrenaline it up. I'm like, I don't know, bro. That's the amazing thing. We're in Colombia, you know. And we probably walked for, you know, maybe about four or five hours. Found, found a little hotel and uh, stayed in there. And I, I didn't really speak any Spanish, you know. And so I'm just, like, just talking with anyone and everyone. I was excited. I wanted to learn a new language. Uh, but that's that's how it started there was no plans there's no nothing it was just like like a snap like that,
3: that so what
2: was the insane.
1: first what was the
2: first thing that slowed you down and pushed you in this direction
1: i would say i mean after any time you go traveling after a while you know like you go on a family vacation usually those if you go on a longer family vacation usually those last few days you're like all right i'm getting kind of bored you know and and i was getting to that point you know maybe a month in um, I'm like, all right, well, what am I going to do with my life? You know, I'm, I'm, 30 years old now, like going on 30. I don't, I don't remember how much I'm 35 now. That was 2019. So, uh, like, what, what am I going to do? And so I started, I had a camera and I started filming people and interviewing them. And, and that's really what kept me busy. So I would just hang out with every single day. I would buy a stranger a meal and I would just talk with them and hear their story. I wouldn't really understand them. And then so I started filming it and that's how I got into the whole film thing. And I would come back to my Airbnb or my hostel, and I would just like translate. And that's how I that's how I learned Spanish is just what are they saying? And I would try to spell that into you know Google Translate, <clears throat> and it was just twenty four seven being very social, going out and talking to everyone.
2: So would you um, say that that's by far the best way to learn Spanish, as opposed to sitting eight years in school and not learning anything?
1: Uh, yeah. You know where I'm it, going it, with that?
2: It, I mean, the best way to learn it is get in there.
1: Yeah, get in there and find someone who doesn't speak your language because anytime I have friends come down there and want to learn Spanish, they'll find someone who speaks English and then that'll be their comfort zone, right? They'll still stop speaking the language. So I'm like, well, why don't you just stay in California and talk to some Mexican down there, right? There's, there's enough down there. Why come travel here to learn Spanish and speak English? It's really, it's really like just jumping into that culture, um, like full, you know, head in. But I really to start helping, there was this one day that I was going to go edit a video at a Starbucks, right, downtown Bogota. And as I'm walking, this guy named Juan Carlos comes up to me. And it was kind of one of the first times where someone normally, you know, like when I was in California, Utah, if someone homeless comes up to me, 90% of the time, they're, they're looking for some type of drug. You know, there, there's, just, there's just a lot of drug addiction in the States, right? And, and down here, he's like, hey, can I work for you? Can I do anything I want to work for you? He's, he's the youngest, probably about my, my, about my age. Um, he's just asking for work, you know? And then I'm chatting with him and I'm like, you know, finding out he's sober. And and I just had this idea, like, I'm going to bring him over to my apartment. You know, I had a friend visiting me that, that week as well. And he's like, yo, what the hell are you doing? I'm like, yeah, he's going to sleep here with us. The Juan Carlos, you know, it's like an ongoing in, inside joke now with us. But he, even until today, he's like, dude, I couldn't sleep. I thought the guy was like going to behead me or something. <laughs> this random homeless guy.
0: When you drive a vehicle so reliable, it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty. You stop thinking about what you can't do
1: But yeah, so he's living in there. And then I'm like, dude, I want to figure out a way if I could help this kid uh, move into his own apartment, you know? It was just total, like, curiosity, something fun for me to do. And then so we went over to the store, and I, I bought, like, a belt and this big plastic box, you know, see-through plastic box. And we put this belt around his neck, and then we filled it up with cigarettes. Because in these countries, they'll sell single cigarettes, you know, 25 cents. So we filled it up with cigarettes, and then in the middle was drinks, and then it was, like, little bagged chips. And I walked around with him and I'm filming him kind of documenting this. And we went into the bus stops and people are buying it. And I got, that's where I got my first high. That's the first time I felt the high was at a substance, you know, and to see that giant smile on that guy's face. And, um, and then he would come home night after night, let him live with me for a week. And he would come oh, home and be that, like,
2: I'll talk about that. Yeah. That's called, we've been talking about that. Lately. it's called catching a feeling is the best way I can describe that. I think yeah. there's two ways to- I've seen it. Have you ever tried to, um, like when you go to start something that's complicated, you can't get it. I mean, you're kind of failing at it, but you know, you can get good at it and you see something in it. that's going to teach you something. So you kind of start laughing about it. And that drives yeah. you. Like, oh, I, I see that. That's, that's, yeah. like, that's called catching a feeling. Also. The other day we were handing out, I, I was working. And we were passing out food. When was like. Hey, I got a birthday cake here. Somebody pulls up and we were passing out food at the mission. I'm like, hey, if anybody needs this birthday cake, make sure you pass it out. And I was like, yes, ma'am. Roger that. Hour or so goes by. And finally, this car pulls up and this lady, low and low, she's like, hey, did y'all happen to have a freaking birthday cake? And I was like, yeah, we got one, man.
3: She just asked for it. Marcus and, passes out food every huh. our church. for you church.
2: Know? And, and I mean, the look on her face. <laughs> you know, I mean, when women get real happy, they start laughing and clapping uncontrollably. They can't help themselves. They would start dancing in their bodies. Yeah. So I love that. Uh-huh. So now yeah. I go around looking for the opportunity to catch that feeling because it gives you that tingle up your spine. You know, it was something about it.
3: Yeah, Something about yeah. watching
2: somebody get in pure happiness and joy kind of lights you up. It's it's a byproduct, I think. It's one of those natural things, natural occurrences that happen that we don't ever talk about. Yeah, I've never I've never heard a yeah. conversation about it.
3: So that's what you felt.
2: Yeah, like, yeah. So when you yeah. found like, hey man, I know what that is. I I I, I, yeah. I look for that.
1: Yeah, it's 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 an amazing high, man. And and when I felt that I, I I never knew like that was gonna be still become this, you know. I I wasn't on TikTok at that time. I called it the pedophile app, even though my sister was like, get yeah, on TikTok. Most other stuff's on TikTok. <laughs> and but I wanted to do something with it, right? Like I saw a group of Japanese guys walking out was a med, I saw a group of Japanese guys walking around town. No one speaks English. They're just like doing their thing, and uh, and I'm like, what the hell is that? You know? Like I was in a ghetto ghetto area. And this guy was like, oh, well, there's actually this guy from Japan who like came down to commit suicide. And then before he did that, he went and walked around Colombia around and, and spent time with p- really, really humble people. And this, this guy comes from a lot of money in Japan. And now what he does is he takes a group of, of wealthy people that are feeling suicidal, and he takes them down to Colombia. And then he just walks them around. And all they do is observe people smiling and poor, poor communities. So he takes people that are executives and, and yeah. business owners and I was just like that right there like things were slowly clicking like okay I want to do something with my life you know like I can't see myself going back and, and living in California and or ever working in an event or you know like anything in entertainment I just I'm, I'm shut off from that right now you know uh I, I wanted to be able to kind of feel that over and over and and yeah it's, it's a beautiful beautiful feeling a lot of people ask me because right now, on average, you know, we build a home a week. Uh, We're we're building a a big school here right now for the entire coffee community. And it's going to be the quality of a private school, we're going to bring down English teachers, we're going to teach them, Uh, we're going to give them an amazing, amazing education, you know, and we've paid for a lot of surgeries that have saved kids lives. And so a lot of people always tell me like, that's got to feel amazing, amazing, like 24 seven. And kind of my analogy now is, I feel like if I get that first tingle feeling, it means I'm not doing my work enough. You know what I mean? It, 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 it kind of like my, my analogy right now is I kind of feel like I'm the gynecologist of charity, you know? And, and it's, you know what I mean? Like, uh, that's the only way I can kind of put it in, in comparison where you're, you're <laughs> a little kid, you know, and you, you see boobies for the first time. You're like,
2: oh, oh I, I or, get that.
1: <laughs> and, and, and I just like... That's seen awesome. the tingles and the boobies of charity like every single day where it's like now i'm a gynecologist how many so pairs
2: of titties did you I have to before you do before because that never it's never happened to me i'm sorry man I'm i just, don't know uh go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> a lot
3: <laughs>
2: but, i mean i think the best part about it and you, you kind of said it earlier is that when we bust y'all yeah bust your ass in the entertainment industry to entertain to make sure we are entertained which the minute the movie's over anything over it's over at the show it's over and everything we do it's like a flash of a second and i mean i've seen i've been there with y'all watching in the city of angels up there man and everywhere else watching y'all entertain and we're watching us entertain ourselves and then once you kind of shift your gaze over to what you're talking about I mean, you're, you're entertaining them. Yeah. But you're giving them something to, you're changing the, their yeah, where they can grow. And, and like the, you, you said the education part's the biggest thing where they can communicate and do all that. Yeah. That's, that's key, man. And catching that feeling. It's like a drug you've never experienced before. It's almost as if when we're in the, yeah. ocean, you got to take those drugs to keep you focused on it because you're not really supposed to be doing it. And then the minute you started focusing on what's really important to everybody, you can feel it on the inside. It's a natural drug. It's almost like those drugs yeah. are already implanted inside of us. The minute you're supposed to do something you were meant for, you activate like human-wise, it sets that off. feels good.
3: So you've gone from yeah. from being able to help Juan Carlos with one, you know. Fit. What's
2: that dude
1: doing now?
3: Yeah. Did he get an apartment?
1: Uh, uh, he did. He moved into an apartment. But I, I went back to Columbia recently because we went to go buy some, uh, we have a toy factory now in the Amazon. And and so I went and bought the machinery in Colombia. They have a factory that makes actual machines. And I I spent the whole week trying to find them, and I can't find them. So uh, maybe one day I'm going to find Juan Carlos.
3: Hope you can. I don't know where he's at. So you went from that, like that was your first experience, to now you're actually building a coffee farm. And a school and all of that—that that just has to feel.
2: Yeah. So how does it work? I mean, every time you do something, do you pick? Not you do good, but do you take something with you, like a human, like you pick up a friend and say, "Hey, man, I'm with you on this," because bonds are formed when you through adversity when you're helping people. So I know you got yeah. a lot of great people.
3: Well, is that how you met your? um I don't know if you're married yet, but you have a child with—is uh, it your girlfriend or are you married?
1: Uh, we're we're basically engaged right now. Um, we've we've been trying to get married, but I I'm uh I have dual basically engaged.
2: Huh? Let me give you a piece of advice. Yeah. Bob. Just from one brother. Well, to the other. <laughs>
1: I'm, I'm I'm actually well. We wanted I mean, it. it just, just a weird one brother stuff. to the other man. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a fun it's a it's a funky pickle right now because I I have dual citizenship. And my paperwork for my American citizenship was lost. And because I haven't lived in Canada, I have no ID, no passport from Canada. Um, and my paperwork was lost. And I went and it's like a year and a half to get that paperwork back. There's no office, no phone number. It's this random ass thing. You have to wait for a year and a half. And then they randomly send you a letter and says, you have 48 hours to go in for an interview. And I went and did that. And then my parents moved addresses and they found it. And they're like, hey, is got this thing two months ago it expired. So I was just like, Oh my gosh. So I, we technically can't until I can prove I can't even get my baby, uh, a U.S. passport right now because I need to show proof of citizenship in the United States, like two forms of, of, of uh, you know, yeah. like not just a passport. So anyway, it's, it's kind of a pickle, but we're, we're working on it.
2: That's how the good Lord works, man. He wants your butt right there, I guess.
3: But is that how you met yeah. your acts of kindness or acts of works?
2: Um,
1: I met her in her mom's. It was during COVID. So the day I, I went across the border from Colombia into Ecuador, the very next day was COVID. And that's actually how Murph's life really started, was it, man, I felt like I was on that old movie, War of the World. You know, there was like people going up and down the street saying, get in your house, get in your house. And I'm like, what in the hell is going on? So I was stuck in the and border. So what's of that
2: like America. when everyone in the country that you're not from is freaking out? It was, it was a,
1: it was a trip, dude. It was a
2: trip, but it, I, mean, I was very wild as hell, man. That, I mean, if I think about it that from, that's a war perspective.
1: Uh, it was, it was insane, man. I, I've never been to war. You know, I've seen a lot of documents, heard a lot of stories, but what I saw is I have all of my I have social media, right? So I see all of my family talking about, oh, we're getting the new check, you know, from the government. We're getting COVID money. We're getting all that. And in these poor countries all over the world, people live day by day, right? So they'll go out to the street and they'll sell their street food or whatever. They'll come back with three, four bucks. They don't have bank accounts. They don't have any of that. And in every country, at least here in Latin America where I was at, shit was shut down for a good six months. You only have a two-hour window to go outside and walk the streets to go to a grocery store. And you can't go with your whole family. One person can go into that store. And so I, would, I stay between two places. I stay with a grandma. Um, a really humble grandma, and then I stayed in a Venezuelan, like, war-torn garbage apartment.
0: With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need.
1: And I just, I made friends with them, you know, I I slept on a mattress for about four months that I found in a dumpster, um, just laying outside, like a a really nasty, just old mattress, you know, and at night, like, you could hear kids crying of, of hunger, you know, like, like people were eating cardboard with old oil, just to feed, feed their kids. And people were getting arrested, like, if you go out in the streets, the military would be there. You know, so it was some real freaky, it was some real freaky stuff, you know, like in that sense. But, but for me, I felt like this solid, you know, cause when I was drinking, I had panic attacks. I had 80% of my day, my hands were shaking, and you know, my dad had panic attacks. I'm thinking maybe this is hereditary. I got to be on Xanax now. Um, and that was kind of my big thing. Like what led me to here, but I felt this peace and this comfort when um you know maybe kind of like explain like about the freakiness and and this is kind of my 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 testimony and my faith in god is i I remember i was laying on that bed you know just hearing these noises of of like realizing people are hungry you know and and i couldn't go home anymore because all the planes were shut down airports and i'm sitting on this bed and i i felt the the holy spirit come into my body i felt i felt god come through my body so much that my hands were shaking like this you know just just kind of shaking and and it was it was I I don't know what it was but it, it was it was from God you know and and all it said to me was beware of the appearance of evil and you know for me before like I would use my social media I had I don't have a snapchat because my snapchat was taken down because I filmed a snapchat when I was living with with uh you know, a, in a wild house, I'll say. I was living in a wild house, it's just like strippers. And I and I filmed someone doing illicit drugs on certain body parts, like with everyone naked. Like that's the kind of stuff that Murph's life used to upload. And and so for me to have this so for the freaky part was when I truly went through my life here and and I went and I developed a strong relationship with God of of prayer for about five hours a day in my heart in the morning at night. Um, Being in that freaky moment was, it was joy because I, no matter what I have, I have God, I have Christ in my heart, no matter what, you know, and that was a beautiful, beautiful thing for me. No matter what happens, if war comes, when the next famines come, when COVID 10.0 gets pumped out on all of us, you know what I mean? Like it ain't going to matter because I slept on a mattress in the trash in some shithole where I had to share four one toilet with four families with no toilet seat, so piss everywhere. And I was still able to feel joy. You know, that's that's what I tell That's what I tell everyone that comes down, you know, and all of my friends are mostly like spiritual or, or atheist or, you know what I mean? And then I, I tell them this like straight up. I'm like, you want to, you want to experience, you don't know what joy is until you experience God coming into your heart like that. There's no, there's no ecstasy high. There's no, you know what I mean? And, and that tingle that we feel when we go out and we do charity, I think that's God allowing us to feel a piece of heaven when we should all, always have that with us, you know, like, like, I don't think life is about getting these quick highs, you know, that, that's why we become addicted to nicotine and coffee. That's why we become addicted to pornography or even, like, cheating on our spouse. We always want to feel some type of tingle, some type of high. But when when you do something consistently, you know, that's in the benefit of God. That's in the benefit of your body. You know, like, that's when you can develop something that's better than a quick, jo- like a quick
2: high. Well, but a, a
1: joy. You know what I mean? It like a solid there. joy.
2: Like a tuning fork.
3: Yeah.
2: You just got to find your right frequency. And that's actions in the day. And the people around you, I was explaining this the other day, that... So every person, when they talk, their own vibrational tone is like a radio station. Yeah, so Imagine their birthday is the radio dial, <laughs> right? This is, I heard this. I was like, that's a pretty good one. Uh, I, and I was like, all right, man. So there's some people out there, bro. You and I are sitting around. like I, I can sit and listen to you talk all day. I'm, I mean, you got one of those easy listening voices. I Means park country, some other stuff in there mixed in. I was like, I, I can listen to you talk. I, I I tune into that station. And there's some people you can't. That's the weirdest thing. And then, the, I mean, ultimately, what happens is when you find your way to God, and there's no other feeling like it. You're right; it's a thing. There's no ifs, ands, or buts, maybes, or nots. It's you know, it's if it's happened to you or if it hasn't. Yeah. In your day and your actions, man, is the, the more you get aligned with that, it gets. It's kind of like guiding you, and there's no every other drug or anything gets in the way of that. Is what happens when you when you get that in your head? You're like, hey, man, take this for if you're hurt. I'm like, wow, what will that do? I do? You know what I mean? This is like, I got something real in here. I don't want to interrupt it.
3: Marcus and I yeah. have gone on a similar journey in our lives sort of path, whatever you want to call it. Um, a couple of years ago, there is no alcohol in our house. There's nothing. And we have just really devoted ourselves To our church and our church community and I mean I'm boring as hell.
2: Boring. I'm absolutely I'm having the best time though. That's the it's the craziest part about it. I mean
3: not boring to us. Other uh, people would say it's boring, but but giving back and really just our actions of like of service and it is a whole new lifestyle, but it's so fulfilling. And when I watch your page, like yesterday I was watching it with my sister. I'm bawling my eyes out at the, at the little girl, Nicole. And I'm wondering yeah. for you, are there some of those um families that you have just really attached to and they've become part of your family?
1: Yeah, quite quite a few of them. Uh I, But I'm, I'm kind of at the point right now, you know, where I can't, I can't allow myself to give too much attention, you know, just because we we're, we're kind of a small team, you know, and, and we now have four farms. Uh, and I usually just upload the videos of people. I don't show too, too much of everything that we're building around it, which I want to change that, you know, So I hired a new camera guy coming in today. Um, but it's like, we're building out four farms and every farm has like a mini resort with like restaurants and Airbnbs, you know, rentals. And, and then those farms have certain food on it. You know, we have, we have about a thousand, avocado, lemon, lime trees. Uh, we're going to put in about 11 fish farms, hopefully by next week. Uh, the big old fish, yeah. you know, tanks. And man, we we built a toy itself. factory.
2: Oh, yeah, it feeds itself.
1: Yeah, we we got a toy factory. We built a women's shelter. And inside of that women's shelter, this thing is badass, man. And and I never would have thought, like, I was going to build a women's shelter. But it's little things like that where it's like, okay, you know, like every, every single morning, I... uh You know, in my church, it's like, it was a very, I I don't, I don't really go to a church right now, but the church I grew up in, that'll always be a part of me. It's more of like a very like kind of quiet, you know, like feel the spirit kind of thing, you know, but I'm always around. We're kind of like byproducts of who we're around, you know? And so in in Latin America, it's like a lot of like, hallelujah, like the blood of Jesus Christ kind of thing, you know? And I've never seen that. So sometimes when I'm in the shower, I like, you know, I like that energy. So I'll just be like this, you know, and I'm going to be like, like God, Jesus Christ. I, I'm not the one with the most faith. I probably have one percent of faith in you. I probably have one percent of faith, but I know that's enough. You're going to show me what to do with this money. You're going to show me what to do. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I was just kind of like give my prayer. Like, well, I'm in the shower, and and it
2: was hey, it brothers, just happened. You know, about, I felt. Don't feel bad about that. I think there's some people down here that can just do that. Yeah. Like they can do the hallelujah hit you. I mean, it's not that. You, I, I, I I do that too. I mean, Hey, when no one's looking I'm like God, thank you very much. Hallelujah. But for whatever reason, when everyone's around, and I'm not trying to keep, I just it's not that I'm trying to hide it, I just shift gears. I'm like, you know, some people aren't yeah. as full of the Holy Spirit as you want, man. But I don't hit you like that. Yeah. I come at you a different way. I, I just yeah. I understand that. I've seen that.
1: I think for a lot of people, too, there's nothing wrong with that about that. I think it's really good to have like uh like a personal. Sure. You know what I mean, like, like, a, like a personal relate, like a personal relationship. Oh. You know, like if everyone has a personal relationship with God in their closets, right? If everyone had like fast by themselves without like pushing that out in public, you know what I mean. We don't need to be out in the streets and like screaming and yelling and having these megaphones and microphones. It's just yeah. we just go out and and live just in in harmony. Yeah, just, you know just, what I mean, live in harmony with people's different beliefs and and whatnot. You know.
3: So, are you? I don't know. That's
1: what, that's what I believe.
3: I I agree with that 100. Do you are you going to ever allow people to come down and help serve?
2: Yeah, 100. Yeah, take the tour. Um, I like, once you get these things up and running, be like, hey, this sucker's up, and we need some tourism in here. You got to get yeah. to.
1: Yeah, 100. So we have. I have some bit, pretty big plans right now. Um, I, I don't want to just be doing like small video, small video, small video. Like you know, I, I recently did a few videos. Uh, like usually once a month i'll put out a quick one you know what i mean we're like here's some cashiers that i really really love my, my passion is finding one family and building them a, a forever home and a business that's my, my passion right there is that big old business you know and we've done a lot of things we've built coffee shops i built i gave a guy a semi-truck one of the one of the families i lived with during the pandemic i bought him that big ass semi-truck and this guy used to haul me around during the pandemic he used to haul me all around he would take fruits because they were the only ones, you know, delivering foods. He'd take fruits from Colombia, driving to the border of Peru. He'd be going to Guayaquil and I'd be hiding in that bunk bed, you know, while the military are stopping all the vehicles, looking. I was just hiding the blanket. You know what I mean? Like a little kid. And it was these were the little things, you know, where before I'm like you know, I always go back to God because it's, it's, it's a real, real thing for me. And I'm, I'm never afraid to say that, you know, even though I have like a, a, a horrible cussing mouth, you know, I'd be like, motherfucker right here. But I always, I have God, you know? And anyway, um, so what I'm saying is like, I'm like a kid, you know what I mean? I'm having fun as a kid. And I always remember these scriptures that people tell me, like pastors tell me all over the place, that, you know, before you come, before you can enter the kingdom of heaven, you must become as a child. And it's these things that God teaches me, like for us to really become creators, we have to let go of that, like seriousness, like at least for me, you know, when I'm in the most serious of times. I, I like I could see the, the things that we've created at accelerated rate is when we're living in, in a state of joy and excitement and, and vision and and most of all purity with this You know what I mean? Like I really have to keep myself clean from from a lot of things. I'll notice like little weird things that I'll start kind of moving over to and I'll feel like things will just slow down with even donations, you know, when I'm moving away from my mission. But going back, I'm just going crazy right now with that. But going back, we we definitely do. So our farm here that we're on, uh, this is my neighbor's farm right beside mine. But we have, so for example, we have on the farm, we have a restaurant in the middle. So basically, like, I'm, I'm asking God, like, how can I create a self-sustaining nonprofit, right? I've met a lot of big nonprofits, and, and they're starting to, like, they offer me some big checks, like, hey, we'll put you on a first class flight and pay you $100,000 to teach our team how to how to raise funds like you do. And then I start thinking about that. And I'm like, well, I'm too busy right now to do that. But I, I think about, like, how can I make my foundation sustainable? I take a family and I'll build you a house and I can send your kids to school and I'll, I'll give you a business. Like the man on the semi truck went from making 380 bucks a month to this month he's bringing in for about $4,000 with his own trucking business you know what i mean so how can i do that with with the nonprofit and keep everything under the 501c3 so we can create a society that doesn't have these board of directors that want all this cash cash it's all about profit you know so right now we have a a, an amazing restaurant that we're building on this and then we're building about six airbnbs all around it and these are going to be about five six hundred dollar a night airbnbs and that's what they go for on, on this mountain here and people pay for it like all day there's one up the road 600 bucks a night has a little swimming pool in front of three weeks, booked in advance for 600 bucks. Wow. So, so that's the whole point of this is we create these things where it's self-sustainable. Let, let's say we have one farm that can bring in 50, $60,000 a month uh, of pure cash that comes into that 501 C3. Now I can take a community of people who are washing the bed, people who are, who are tending to these food crops. We're going to donate all this food to the orphanage. They can eat good food or they can set up big fruit stands and 100% of that profit will go in and they can pay for their education, school books, whatever, right? That's the purpose of the food here. We have tilapia that we're going to be donating give some quality protein. Um, but now I can take that money in and I could take, you know, let, let me give you an example here. This mountain right here is, is, is it's mostly, and all the mountains behind it, Starbucks buys, right? They, they come in here and they buy it. And and, and a couple other coffee brands that are really popular on podcasts will come in here and they'll both buy and, and they'll go and they'll be like, you know, like we buy fair trade coffee, we buy fair trade coffee. So I'm in the process of buying another farm that we could build a community where people can spend $50,000 to buy a lot from the 501c3 to, to get a tax write-off, but then you own your own piece of land. and And this is a community I want to build for people who are like, You know, if shit hits the fan anywhere else, you have a little piece of land or you can put it on Airbnb and rent it out or have a little piece of land up in the mountains. You know that every I want to have everything that will come with like five fish farms and the fish farm. We collect the rainwater. We have solar. That's what we're building here now. That's our next phase. Uh, But these coffee brands, this is what I want to do with this coffee. They show it's, you know, our coffee brand is blah, blah, blah. And people are spending like five damn dollars to drink a cup of coffee. And because I'm buying a coffee farm, I'm going around and asking them like, they're like, yeah, we sell to these brands. I'm like, okay, I know these brands. I know these brands. And I'm writing it all down on my phone. Well, how, how much coffee can I get from about an acre? Okay. Okay. So, you know, all of my notes and doing my research before I make a purchase like this. Um, how how many workers do I need to have? You know, so so someone here for about uh, 100, 182 manzanas, which every manzana is two acres. So what is that? Like 364, 364, you can hire 40 people. And we sell to these brands. And if you sell a hundred pound coffee bag, you could sell that. Like right now, you know, you could, uh, if if it's the best of the best, you could probably get $150 to to Starbucks or 120 bucks to these coffee brands, you know, that are all in in California and shit like that. And I'm, and I'm like, okay, like how how much, if I buy this farm and I'm taking over, how much do I have to pay them? And they go, uh, we only pay them 150 bucks a month that's all you got to pay them 150 bucks a month and this shit here is a straight up mountain and their children are carrying these coffee bags with them and making 150 bucks a month you know like food here in latin like gasoline is four four dollars and sixty cents a gallon down here right now i mean depending if you do on super or regular it's it's like almost california prices uh food is maybe 10 percent cheaper in a grocery store than it is in a walmart in the united states eating out is cheaper because you don't pay people shit down in these countries, you know, uh, going to the dentist is cheaper just cause like labor, you know what I mean? That's down. So I'm thinking about it. I'm, I'm, I'm like, this is a damn scam we're living in right now. All this, it's like, you know, so I'm, I'm excited. I went from one family, Juan Carlos now to helping out families. So now I want to take these coffee brands and because I'm not the CEO, I'm just, I pay myself right now, $6,500 a month. And that helps me travel the world and lets me live beautifully. And this was actually my first month I ever paid myself. I gave those first like, four years to God. And all I did was just cover like my basic expenses. My wife yelled at me, we have a damn baby. We need to feed people. We need, if you die, what the hell am I going to do? You
2: know? Yeah. Um that's,
1: so that's like, the whole point. You know, now I'm going to. the
2: baby thing. They can get you every time with that. I didn't know. I got, they got me on that one too. Yeah. Yeah. You got to do something for them. Yeah, that's
1: the whole point of these these farms now that's where I'm shifting Murph's life is we take stories like Nicole you know we we raised about two hundred thousand dollars with Nicole's story and we were going to get her medical stuff taken care of build her a house and then build her a school right in front of her so she don't have to walk two hours a day that school is going to cost us a half a million dollars but people came in now like the big donors and stuff and, and brands and we got that covered you know, but it's, it's it's things like that where we can raise on average a hundred thousand dollars per fundraiser, and I always we put in the details. This is what we're gonna do, and then it goes towards the bigger project. And so right now we're just working on really rocking this farm here. Uh, this is gonna be the model, and then I want to take this to, and and do four or five million dollars fundraisers. With five million dollars, we could buy this farm. We could hire out three hundred people airbnbs you guys can come stay at these airbnbs and we'll book it out for for volunteer programs you do a, like a church mission trip on an average it's two grand a week you know so imagine we bring out 40 people a week we talk to a bunch of churches or, or even non-religious ones where they come down and they're helping us like build all the houses for the people and all that money it for me it's just like what if i could pay people a u.s wage in a poor country that shit's never been done before, you know? So that's, that's what gives me that tickle right now.
0: With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need.
1: You know, like, I want, to, I want to see if I can do that.
2: How do you select the families who start in the middle? When you first start out, who do you, I mean, how do you start that?
3: How do you find the How people? do you find the people Those you just, I
2: mean, when you come in, you sell oh, this, yeah. so like, hey, man, this sounds like a good idea, or they sound, oh, how does that work? Like, the people I help, how do I find the people I help, or what, what do you mean? The people that you help.
3: Yeah, how do you find the people that you're helping?
1: I walk around like a crazy person all day. It's, it's what I love to do. Yeah, I, I walk around. I like to walk I mean, around. I thought you did Yeah. Yeah, I like to walk around really poor areas because they won't recognize me. You know, sometimes in the city, they'll be like, Hey, that guy from TikTok." we're getting, you know, um, but I like to walk around really, really poor areas. Sometimes I'll look for on Facebook down here because people will go in and make videos. Like it's kind of popular down here and they'll, and they'll show like these crazy stories, you know? And, and for example with Nicole, so when I came down here, I, me- I met up with the president of El Salvador, Kelly. He, he, Totally changed this country. Put everyone in MS-13 and DSEO, they're all in prison. And it's the safest country in Latin America by far right now. But um, through him, uh, the first lady, his wife, Gabby, she has a program called, like, the well-being of our country. And it's all about charity. And the lady who's in charge of that, uh, she's became a good friend of mine. And she, they take all the insane cases that come to the government. And if there's budget, they can help these people out. And so uh, if I don't have someone, I don't find someone. Uh, they, they're they the ones who showed me Nicole. They're like, Aaron, this girl's a sweetheart. You know, so they they drove me over to meet that girl. But for the most part, I'm just walking around.
2: So the network's growing. You know, always- it helps somebody. I mean, that that nothing travels faster than the word of mouth, man.
1: Well,
3: and I feel like if you're just walking around, just going into these really remote, poor areas, I feel like God is leading you to these people. If you're just with you. Yeah intention of finding a certain address or a certain person it's gonna show up it will show up for you yeah You're gonna walk around and take that leap of faith
2: and you might reopen the amazon brother <laughs> that I, thing moving. Yeah, it's, it's cool
3: we are so proud of you <laughs> and we really just we can't wait to go down there and visit whenever you have this whole oh yeah i hey, appreciate that
2: man thanks a lot yeah yeah We'll now, now we're going down here.
3: We'll rent out the whole thing for a week and um, help you out however we can. And I mean, we love what you're doing. So Marcus said before you came on, before you logged on, he was like, "This guy's up for sainthood." <laughs> so he might, you might actually be getting that. It sounds like
2: that's good stuff, man. Yeah, because he, I, I look at. I, I see the adventure part of it, too. I don't know if that, that that appeals to you, man. I mean, it's a work thing, but it's also think about take titles, take all those kind of description out of it. I mean, going to a different country, walking around and doing that kind of stuff. Man, that's an adventure like you can't even. Yeah. Every day, something new. Yeah. It over here, people can get nudged into something, man, and, and and they'll do it their whole lives. and It'll be the same thing. Yours is different every day.
1: Yeah, every every day, man, we're going to new areas, I'm going into, uh, you know, depending on some countries, like, I'll have to walk around with, like, bodyguards, I've had to go into certain areas with military, because I've helped certain families, and, and it's, like, straight up, I walked into areas where, like, in El Salvador, we're straight up ran by, by gangs, where they're like, MS-13, mother effer, you know, in Spanish, like, lifting their shirts up, like, pulling guns on me, and... And it's weird, you know, like I had this fear my entire life about going to the dentist or the doctor. I'm just like, I got, I got cancer. Like my lungs hurt. I got cancer. I might have a headache. I got a brain tumor. I was always like that, you know, but I can go into an area and like, like kids have pulled guns on me. And I just look at them like, man, what are you doing? I'll joke around with them and they'll put it down. We'll start laughing and, you know, kind of high five. And I don't do that anymore now that I have a child, but it's like, I love that high of just life you know just coming into these areas and witnessing and and having that every day is you know i don't like planning for a lot of stuff like i just like to, like i don't know what i'm going to do next week i don't know like could we could we set up this you know like no i don't i might, I might be in another country yeah. you know I, it's really it's a really fun and every time i do that it's like like the thing you were saying about the cake you know she specifically asked for a cake you know like when you really it's that can happen on a daily for anyone Oh, yeah. You know, like if you if you take five dollars and put it in your pocket, you're like all I have is five dollars to give. I'm trying to feed my kids. That I got bills to pay. And you talk to God and you really do like you do that with with the faith of, of a child. And You say, God, I got. I want to give this to someone, this five bucks to someone who needs this five bucks. Like it's not going to surprise you anymore when someone comes up. It's like I, I need I'm like missing five bucks for milk for my baby. I'm missing. You know, and I see that at first I was like, "Oh, what a coincidence!" Like I'm living in the Matrix, but now I'm like, "No, all this like Matrix shit talk." I'm like, "This is God," you know. Like we're down here in God's creation, and and we have the ability to create these beautiful moments to give those cakes yeah. to to people every single day. You know, every single day we just have to clear the clutter of what the internet and fucking politics are, are pushing in our faces and 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 the news and all this fear shit. You know, it's like we can be in a place to really serve people and serve God. And it's nothing about, I used to look, look at charity as like, ah, this guy's in it for the money or, or like, you just want to look good or all that shit. Like, no, dude, like this is a beautiful thing. And I think it's going to open up a lot of career paths for people and there's a lot of work to be done. And there's a lot of change that needs to happen in our culture. There's a lot of greed that we need to get rid of. And and I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be able to, to create now brands and and to create places where people can come down and stay and, and and to witness that money you know and I have some people from my team and I have some some people that want to come in with you know throwing big numbers like oh what can we do with forty fifty million dollars now to build you a brand and and I look at it you know and i and I think about that and I'm like and I went down I'm like I don't want that none of that money you know because I told God that my only boss now is going to be God I'll always have one boss you know who do I look up to I don't ever want to have someone who wants to have commissions and stuff, you know, like I want to be on my deathbed, however that's going to be, whether it's going to be from old age cancer, if I'm going to get gunned down one day, like I don't give a shit how it's going to be. I just ask God that as I'm lying there dying, I want to feel a great joy and a knowledge that I've built all of this with society. I've created a portal for God, like a beacon of light for people to know, to open up the minds that we can you know, create things in this life where people can get paid honestly and decently. Basically, that's it. Like, I want to create a shift in people's minds, you know, especially those that do have a similar faith that that life isn't just about, you know, like going out and getting the best car and the biggest vehicles and, and putting like hundreds of millions of dollars in your bank account, like this this shit that, you know, we've been like kind of brainwashed by Hollywood. But it's like, what, what's the biggest impact? What, how can we make this planet a little bit better? And, you know, I don't know. It's just, that's, this is the thing I think about twenty, twenty 7.
3: Well, you're doing great. Yeah,
2: man. So, how, yeah. man, how can we help? How can our, our listeners follow you and, and, and help you out in any way? I mean,
1: b- biggest way to help right now, soon we're going to have volunteer programs, but just watching videos, sharing. And uh, we have a Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash Murph's Life for just donating however you want on Murph's Life uh, cause we, we have a lot of cool things. I want to start building more of these farms and, um, you know, I, I look at these farms as, as like cities of light, like miniature cities of light. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, it sounds totally crazy, but like I, I talk to my, some of my really close friends that I, I, I don't even talk about this much, but I'm like, you know what, how cool would it be? You know, like some of my real Christian friends and, and I don't talk about this cause a lot of my subscribers are not Christian. They, they don't believe in God. They're very, you know what I mean? It's, it's all walks of life, you know, but I love this idea because I'm like, imagine, you know, like if everything is true, you know what I mean? Imagine if we actually live in a time that it talks about in like revelations and that goes down, you know what I mean? Like imagine if that really does happen and we got like a hundred farms with all this food and all this fruit that we can invite women and children to come into and have a place of refuge. You know what I mean? So that right there that I can't post on my page, that is one of the biggest things for me. That if we go through some type of catastrophic whether whatever happens, I'm like, how cool would it be to have places that has food? Yeah. That can go in f- people. If there's wars that people can have little places of refuge to go in, you know. That's that's one of that's one of my biggest passions about now moving into into these farms.
2: Well, God bless you, man. Yeah. Keep up the good work, Seriously. keep charging forward
3: and um
2: yeah
3: aren't following you on instagram or tiktok or whatever it's just at murph's life
2: yeah
1: instagram tiktok facebook whatever whatever people want to follow on all
3: right Murf's Life. thank you so we much you, man. we're super proud of you and we'll keep following you and keep sharing your stuff
1: yeah and you guys are invited down if you guys want to come down for a week or two and, and just yeah come walk with and and check out these farms you guys are more than welcome you whenever will love you. you want thanks brother we'll Be definitely safe, do
3: that thank you
1: appreciate it all right guys Take care.
3: We'll
2: talk soon. Bye. And I definitely highly recommend you go in and check out his social media pages. I promise you it is something that will blow your mind. Just all the good that he's doing in the world. Also, please comment if you have any guest suggestions. We would love to see who you want to listen to. And we will see you next week.